The Detroit Free Press presents Talkin' Lions, your audio home for all things Honolulu blue and silver. Here is your host from the Detroit Free Press, Dave Burkett. Dave Burkett here along with Carlos Menares for another preseason Zoom. And Carlos, uh, we're closing in on roster cut day. Um, Saturday, 4 p.m., every NFL team has to cut their roster down to 53 players. Uh, Lions, I think, sit at 79 right now. So they've got a few moves to make. And uh, I, I think there's some you – know, I went through and did my, my, my 53-man roster prediction this morning. Um, and I, there are a couple battles that I, I still had a tough time with, and, and particularly on special teams. I mean, let's go right to it. Don Muehlbach, I know, you know, we're everyone – how can you not love Don Muehlbach, right? He's, he's been here forever. He's a long snapper. Are we at the end of the line for Don Muehlbach as a lion? You know, um, I know I haven't been charting every long snap rep like you have, um, but it's it's hard to imagine them getting rid of a fan favorite like Don. You know, um, do you really want to be the regime that ended Don Muehlbach's career over something that really is almost imperceptible? Um, of a difference. All right, so, hold on. It's got to end at some point. It's well, not yeah. until he's 50. After his contract's over, when he becomes a free agent, just don't renew his contract. has been over seven straight years and they keep resigning him. I know. I know. Um, but it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly did not, I know you, you mentioned it a couple of times in your observations where a couple of his snaps were high or low or something like that. I do not have Burke's eye view. I do not have that kind of eagle eye. <laughs> ability so love did you see a big difference between the two guys well i i you know so um look i i wrote that wordle had the better camp i mean from my eye and look i'm not a trained evaluator of long snappers right i didn't have the stopwatch <laughs> out and wasn't wasn't checking everything they did and i realized this week, right wide receiver veteran guy who had some ties to the coaching staff just kind of made that move early let him get out on the market if they were going to cut down Mulebach, i don't think this would have gone to the last day Right. Yeah. I mean, he, this is the type of guy that what is he 18 years in, right? 17 years in. Yeah. You would let him have his walk off moment in the sun. And maybe that comes Friday. I mean, you know, cuts aren't until Saturday. So maybe that still could happen. But um, the fact that they've brought this this far yeah. has made me reevaluate my uh, the my initial 53 man roster prediction from before camp when I had Stephen Wardle making the team. Yeah, that's a really good point. You show veterans that kind of respect. And, and don't forget, it's not just Matt, Patricia, and Bob Quinn. I mean, the Ford family, they all know him. During games, he comes by the sideline. He says hi to Sheila and Martha and all that. He's like an adopted son, you know. So, so they would give him the respect of having, giving him like Jeremy Davis treatment and even more than that so that he has a chance to hit the free agent market or whatever, or roster waivers, whatever. To, to sign on with another team. So I, it would be, it would be a surprise, right? To say cut him. Um, just mild because, because again, I think Wordle has been better. And, and here's the other thing somebody pointed out to me was that, um, you know, Wordle, maybe, maybe the Lions try to squeeze him through on practice squad, but a bunch of NFL teams have worked out long snappers this week and the Giants signed one. So I don't, I don't know that just by cutting them that, that you're going to get Steven Wordle back. So if you really do think, I mean, this seems to be the most serious challenge that, Alliance have ever had for Don Muehlbach and, and, you know, this is a team that drafted a long snapper a couple of years ago. So if you 
mean, Mulebach's making the veteran minimum. He counts a little bit more towards the cap. Wordle's making the league minimum. So I don't, it's not nothing that would, that would play into things. I will tell you one, one player whose salary I did consider when I was making these, these, these roster moves. And that's Daryl Roberts, the, the cornerback um, Lions signed him this off season. It's going to be a backup for them, has some starting experience with the New York jets. Um, you know, I don't, I mean, he's been out there in camp. I, he hasn't really stood out one way or another. It's not like you're like, oh, that guy's getting burned. Oh, that guy's making all kinds of plays. Um, but the Lions gave him a million dollars guaranteed, $500,000 as part of a signing bonus, $500,000 as part of a salary. And, uh, you know, I, I went real heavy on my, my roster prediction at defensive back. I think I had him keeping 12 defensive backs. And Roberts was a guy that I, I kept on the team you know, in, in part because of that salary. I mean, I think that experience in a year like this is valuable and at that position, but you know, the, his salary did pop into my mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I saw him a lot in camp. I mean, it, he seemed to be in on a lot of plays, not, not making big plays, but near the ball, you know, like, but not screwing up. Um, like you said, didn't really stand out, but you know, and I, and I think, you know, people like us, we watch them in camp and, and, maybe we make a little bit too much of what happens in camp because when the games start, it's just going to be different. You know, I mean, the running backs are a good example. You know, they're not doing tackling to the ground. It's hard, you know, receivers, receivers, you're not going to, are you going to take Kenny Galladay hard to the ground? You know, you're going to make them, let them make the catch. You're not going to fight them on contested balls all the time. So it's hard to judge. So I think the veteran, you're absolutely right. If there's one year where the veterans get, benefit of the doubt and a little bit of an advantage it'd have to be this year no you're right because into your point you know we see a wide receiver every camp that blows up has a nice camp and and that guy never goes on to do anything in the, the league and, and so that's that's part of training camp and, and uh as well as look uh, i mean in a year like this when there's no tape to get for the football guys to, to go on and evaluate right there's no preseason games for those other 31 teams to know how your your young guys are playing to see how they've evolved from college or or from last year, the little bit they were able to, to be on the field. I don't know that there's going to be as many waiver claims as there typically are come cut day Saturday. So I think you can be, uh, you can roll the dice with the veteran a little bit more and, and probably sneak some of those young guys through the practice squad. So I think that has to be taken into account. Um, you know, is, is there a position here, Carlos, that, that you're more anxious than another one to, to see what they do? Is there somebody on the bubble that, that you're curious about, you know, what's going to happen to them Saturday? Um, someone, uh, you kind of scared me a little bit the other day when you were talking about running backs. And I think you were saying Bo Scarborough, you were kind of putting him on the edgy part of the bubble there. Yeah, I think he is a bubble guy. I mean, look, you know, I, uh, I, you you had no respect for what he did for the Lions last year. He saved that run game. Come on. Look, um, you know, again, I, uh, I'll, I'll spill these beans. I did put him on my, on my 53 man roster. Um, but I, that was a position I thought long and hard about because, you know, I, I fear the Lions, right? on Johnson, DeAndre Swift, uh, Jason Huntley. I think those are the three locks at the running back position, all right? If you keep a fullback, Jason Kabinda is, is the guy. Do you need a fourth running back? I mean, I, I think, you know, Scarborough, if you cut him, you're, you can get him back on practice squad. There are so many serviceable running backs out there, and that's what Bo Scarborough is. And he played well at the end of the season last year, ran well, but he's not a big special teams contributor, um, you know, Ty Johnson plays a little bit more on special teams. So he's back. You might want a little bit of insurance. You know, B, both of those backups would be rookies if Huntley and, and Carrion were your only two 
you know, backups. And then see, you know, I do give Bo a little bit of credit for what he did last year when he came in in a tough situation and ran effectively, you know, not great, but, but ran effectively. He's a little bit different type back than those other guys. So if you want that sledgehammer, at least you have that option on your roster for the week. So I gave him, I gave the lions him, but I don't think it's an easy call because if you keep six wide receivers and I do think they keep six, you know, if you keep three tight ends and you'll probably need a third tight end, um, you know, you, I don't know, do you have to go short somewhere just to, to make up for that? You know, are you going to go short on the defensive line? You go short at running back. What position is more valuable? I think those are the discussions that go down this weekend. Well, I think the running back, I mean, you know, as we learned a long time ago in a different regime, you know, with when the job of the best thing happened, they were just hoping Martin Mayhew and his staff were just hoping that he'd be okay. And, you know, carry on's had a history of, of injuries. Swift, something's going on with him where they're being careful about him, you know, and that was the, that was one of the big Achilles heels of the offense last year was they ran through so many running backs. You know, you just, those, I don't know what it is. We don't, you don't have the, the Earl Campbell's anymore don't exist in the world. You know, the guys who take that beating, the Adrian Peterson's, you know, it's, it's tough. So you can't just hope they carry on face off this year. You can't hope that a rookie like Swift, you know, um, does everything he's supposed to do without any, preseason games, you know, to, uh, um, I would, yeah, I would, I would definitely favor him over Ty Johnson, I think. And like you said, Ty does more stuff on, on special teams, but I think you could sneak Ty probably through waivers easier, right? And put him on practice. I think, I think both of them can get through, but I, I do think Ty would, would get through waivers too. So do you have a bird in your house? Do you have a pet bird? I do have a parakeet. Yes. Oh my God. I didn't know that. All right. <laughs> next video next week, when we're talking about the season over, I want the bird to make an appearance. Can you make that happen? Like if you let it out of the cage, does it fly around or what? what no, no. Um, her name is pickles. If I let her out of the cage, she's gone. She thinks she's been wanting for, for 10 years. She's been wanting to bust out of the cage more than anything. And there's a hawk in our backyard who would love to have her bust out of her cage. So no. I mean, in the house, she'll, she'll get out of the house. Like the one, it's a long story, but the one time she kind of escaped, she went right into the basement, into her, into my tool room. And it ended up with my wife having a bloody finger because she bit her trying to rescue her. So (laughs) she'll never leave that cage again, even as much as she wants to, but she will make an appearance next time. Pickles. All right. Wait a minute. So I'm just going down. I mean, forget the roster cuts now. Pickles. Are you, how do you, what is the care for a bird? Like, do you, I don't know. How do you take care of a bird? You, you just clean their cage and you feed them. You have to, you have do to. Do worms? Do you give them bird food? What, what, what do yeah. they eat? That's bird food. It's like a little, it's like seeds. They're kind of, they sell it in the stores. Dave, if you love your kids, you get them a pet. So I, you know, <laughs> I don't, I don't expect you to go that far, but um, water and seeds. And then they get like. died a couple of years ago, but I appreciate you reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> do, they, do the girls take care of pickles? Yes, they do. They have to clean once a week. So it's it's pretty low maintenance. It's not like a dog or a cat or anything like that. It's and last question on pickles. What, what's the story behind getting her? Why did you guys decide on a bird? Like one of the daughters want a bird? How did it come about? I honestly, it's been so long. She's about 10 years old. Yeah. Um, they wanted a, well, okay, the, the, the short story is my wife had a bird, a little parakeet growing up. So she thought this would be great. And she was very, the way the birds work is the more you interact with them, the more, you know, they, they, I don't know what you'd call it, like um, gravitate toward you and you can pull them out and they can sit on your, 
you know, computer and, you know, they're very social, but if you don't interact with them, then they're kind of just these screechy kind of angry feed me now and I'm mad or I hear water running and I'm going to cry. That's what pickles is. We have not interacted with her. We've been bad parakeet owners. Um, so Pete is yeah. coming after you, man. Pete is coming after you for your treatment of pickles. Well, we have, we have a goldfish that's been alive for about 12 years somehow. Oh. Yeah. And then we had our dog who recently passed away and he was like 12. So yeah. there were other animals competing for the kids' attention. So that's why pickles got the, she wow. got the short shift. A goldfish that's lived 12 years, Carlos, you, uh, that's a record. That's I mean, what, yeah, a record. No, whatever Peter might say about you, your treatment of pickles, they, they've got to love how you, how you handle fish. There, there's no doubt about that. So let's go from pickles to punters and let's end on this. And that's the other <laughs> position. I think, well, look, you know, defensive tech, I'm just going to mention it real quick. Um, you know, uh, I, I think the top five are pretty set. John Penasini, the, the rookie, uh, Kevin Strong, obviously he played okay last year. Um, Frank Herring, he would be the other one that I think are sort of competing for one, maybe two jobs in there. Um, you know, at, at the wide receiver spot, I said six receivers. I think Agnew, I think Marvin Hall, uh, but, uh, whether Jack Fox or Aaron Sipos is, is leading this, this battle. And, you know, Braden Coombs, the special teams coordinator, said they were, they were running neck and neck. Um, I don't know if you have a gut feeling, uh, if you have uh, an instinct on which way this is going to go. I went with Jack Fox. Uh, again, spoiler alert in my roster prediction, just because um, – I think he's better at kickoffs uh, and, and that's something that the Lions don't need Matt Prater doing. But um, as I wrote, I could see this one going either way. Did they do many? I didn't, I don't remember them doing live kickoffs during training camp. Did they do some? Well, one or two days. Yeah. You know, I watched them a little bit yesterday at the, the open practice at Ford field as well. And, you know, it just seemed like Jack Fox was hitting the ball a little bit better than, than Sipos, but you know, okay. like Sipos is a good directional punter. That's something that Coombs likes, you know, he came from the Bengals, um, that's something that that they do there a lot. Um, so I, I I could certainly see the lion. I, you know, this is a toss up, and maybe by the time my my predictions, my roster prediction post tomorrow, I'll have waffled enough that that I'll go back and, and change some of these. But when I filed it this morning, uh, you know, I did go with Jack Fox over here and suppose. Well, how um, have you noticed much about like because you know? Well, we assume Mulebach will will stay, but as the, the placeholder um, has how much you think that factors into it as far as how they work with, you know, catching the ball, setting it. And then how likes it. I think it's all part of it. I mean, look uh, you know, I wish I had the numbers. I mean, just, you know, anecdotally, I, I, I you know, someone had sort of mentioned to me this year, full practice this year for the last week, you know, you don't get to, you know, you don't get the, the, the latest, you know, returns on, on what you're seeing in practice. So, kind of go, got to go by ear and, and what you hear and, and kind of what you, you saw firsthand yourself. So, um, but I don't think you, you pick the punter based on the holding job, right? I think you pick it based on what they can do for you as a punter, what they can do in kickoffs. And um, if it is as neck and neck as it seems, um, the spot that I could see giving Fox the edge would be on the kickoffs. But again, if they want to be a big directional punting team, which they do, maybe it's the Aussie that gets the call. Yeah, who won that competition between the two that we saw that day? Sipos. Yeah. Sipos. So uh, for those who out there who didn't read uh, Burke's Eye View, uh, the observations Lions ended one practice where they had a little punting battle, and honestly, I came out of that being like, "All right, Sipos, you know he, that was clutch, right?" They each guy had to kick a directional punt to the right, to the left, and then put one near the goal line. 
And uh, I believe Fox won the first one by a couple yards and Sipos won the second one by a couple yards. And, you know, they were, uh, you know, players, teammates were lined up on both sides, right? And one team, you know, the, the, whoever picked the, the losing punter had to run a lap around the field. And uh, they come to the, the last punt, you know, got a, you know, closest to the goal line, essentially. And Fox put his in the end zone for a touchback. And Sipos put his, what appeared to be inside the five. And Danny Shelton was down there and, you know, tapped it back you know, like he was a, a gunner, biggest gunner ever on, on punt team. But, you know, everybody celebrated, you know, all of Sipos' guys celebrated, and that's after they fun-lovingly, you know, the Fox's guys at the beginning of the competition chanted USA, USA. So it was kind of one of those lighthearted moments of camp, and, and you know, maybe it shows that, you know, Sipos has, uh, you know, some some steel inside of them. So I don't know. This is, again, now you're making me rethink my prediction. And, you know, before long, I might have to go back and tweak it again. It was it was the best part of camp. It was my favorite part of camp. So um, not yeah. seeing me. What's that? Not seeing me. That was. I can't even see you. You're with the rich kids over there. You're so far away from me. Oh. I mean, I think you were getting mai tais or some kind of hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, and we were sitting in the sun drinking uh, hot water. So like, I never even saw you. Yeah, that's true. At the end, we were on different media bleachers, and uh, but guess what? I'm 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 back with with the, the tier three people now we're all now everyone is taking a uh, a week to get tested so we all have uh you know we we have everything covered inside but we sort of have a different um, designation for the time being so come out there next week and we can we can hang on the, the portfolio bleachers <laughs> together so well i like simples i think if you want if you want that competition i'm gonna i'm gonna give them the nod on that all right well maybe uh we're not making a, a lunch bet on that, but uh, hopefully the Lions find my lunch bet slip that was sitting in the media room and we get that back. And maybe we're we'll down four or five to me, right? Close. Something like that. I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to talk to the Lions about getting that back. And you, I'm going to talk to you about making sure that Pickles makes an appearance on camera next week when we talk about the Lions season opener against the Chicago Bears. It's almost here uh, next Sunday and uh, looking forward to it be weird not having fans in the in the stadium but uh hey football is almost back so uh that'll do it for us here carlos menares i'm dave burkett appreciate everyone joining us here fruit.com